Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number six. Shore excursions are an integral part of any Royal Caribbean cruise, allowing guests the opportunity to explore the ports of call their ship visits. There's a multitude of options to choose from, starting with booking a shore excursion directly through Royal Caribbean or going out on your own to book it yourself. This week, let's look into why or why not you might want to book your next shore excursion with Royal Caribbean or with an independent company. We will share experiences with both and what might work best for you and your party. Here we go. When I book a cruise on Royal Caribbean, I'm definitely looking forward to the beautiful ships that Royal Caribbean offers, but the places that they're visiting are just as important to me as well, and shore excursions are the way to see it. What I love about shore excursions are they're little tastes of the islands or cities or countries you happen to be visiting. So for those who are unaware, shore excursions are basically short, organized day trips into the port your ship is visiting and usually offers a little taste of what that port offers for you. So some examples might be a trip to a popular beach, transportation to a shopping center, guided tours of cultural landmarks, or maybe group outdoor activities that are in things like zip lines, segways, river rafting, etc. These are what you're basically doing when you're off the boat in your particular port. Now, there's two basic ways to book shore excursions. One is through Royal Caribbean. Now, booking through Royal Caribbean is probably the most popular option, and there's a couple of great benefits to booking your next shore excursion with Royal Caribbean. First and foremost, the convenience. Booking with Royal Caribbean is really, really easy. You can book in advance online, but even before your cruise begins, and you can browse all the different shore excursions that are available, read all the descriptions, see what's available, and, and get a good taste of it. Or you can also book on board through the shore excursions desk. This usually has a bit of a line to it, but you have the option of waiting for that as well. Also, Royal Caribbean takes care of all the details in terms of the shore excursion. So arranging transportation, admission costs, fees, taxes, there's no thinking involved. You just put the money down and they'll take care of the rest and you just show up when you need to show up for it. It's really that simple. Also, booking with Royal Caribbean has a little bit of a reliability in there, meaning Royal Caribbean promises you will not miss the ship. In fact, it's a guarantee. And what that means is, let's say you're on some island, and this commonly happens in the Caribbean, and there's traffic. And you get snarled in traffic, whatever. It doesn't matter what the reason is, and you miss the time that you're supposed to be back on all aboard. What can happen is the Royal Caribbean Shore Excursions have the ability to call the ship, let them know what's going on, and the ship will literally wait for you. For a lot of people, that's a big safety net, and they really like that. So there's really, if there's any reason you're running late, the ship will wait for you. Now, the downside of booking with Royal Caribbean, well, first is going to be the price. Generally speaking, this is generally, shore excursions can cost more through Royal Caribbean than booking them on your own. And the real reason is, well, Royal Caribbean's the middleman here. They're, the, they're facilitating this, so they're taking their cut of the action, and it's, you know, that's how they make their money on this. Also, another downside to booking through Royal Caribbean is, is group size. Generally speaking, the shore excursions that you book through Royal Caribbean tend to be larger in terms of the group size that you're going. And the problem with that is that they're slower moving, and the usually the tour is paced for the slowest person in the group. Now again, it's not always the case, and in many cases it may not be an issue at all, but you will definitely feel like the groups are larger when you're booking through Royal Caribbean shore excursions. Now the other option is to booking it on your own through a third party. Now, chief advantage of doing this is you're going to be saving money. Now this can be great because the price is usually cheaper if you do it on your own because you're not limited to just one particular tour. There's a lot of different operators you can choose from. You can price them out. Heck, you can even bargain with them what the price may be. With Royal Caribbean, you know, there's one excursion that goes to a particular museum or one excursion that goes to a particular beach. Here on your own, you can go through a number of different places or you can just even take a taxi and do it, you know, the cheap way that way. Also, 
by going on your own, you can have more options to choose from. Again, your imagination is your limit, really. You can go hire some local to come take you around. You can go figure out anything you can basically fit into the time you're on port, you can do. So you can do what you want, when you want. Also, you can get more personalized and more smaller groups. Again, if you've got maybe a party of six or eight people, that can be a tour group on its own. And for the price, it may be a better option in terms of value. Now, the downside to booking excursions on your own, first and foremost, again, if the ship will leave without you if you are late. Unlike with booking through Royal Caribbean directly, there are no promises. And if you miss the ship, well, the ship's not waiting for you. However, this being said, I should say that operators, the tour operators, will pretty much do everything they can to get back because their reputation's on the line. If somebody reports back, man, I took uh, Tour X and you know we missed the ship because you know they took forever or took a bad way or whatever the reason, in today's world of online reviews, they'll be killed for it. And by and large, they do their best to get you back on time. Also, if you're smart, do yourself a favor and make sure that any tour you're taking gets you back uh, well in advance. I usually give myself at least two hours padding between when I'm, I think I'm going to arrive back and what time the ship is scheduled to leave. Also, another downside to booking excursions on your own is there more, there's more legwork to organize. You've got to figure out whatever the additional costs. If you're doing multiple tours, maybe a, a, a trip to the beach, followed by perhaps a shopping excursion. You have to do all that. You have to figure out. You have to organize excursions one, two, and three on your own. You know, that's kind of an issue. Also, you're going to have to contact the guides, figure out payment, bring cash with you. So you've got to do all those little things for you. Now, you may want to wonder, when should I book my shore excursion? Ideally, you're going to want to book them early to get your spot. And this goes for whether you're booking with Royal Caribbean directly or any independent agents. The earlier you book, the better. And that's simply because they will allow you to get the excursions you want. Now, in both cases with Royal Caribbean, they will tell you with shore excursions that they guarantee that if you do not make the port, that you do not have to pay for the shore excursions. They'll refund your money. With independent tour companies, technically speaking, that's not the case. However... In most cases I've dealt with, shore operators will tell you that if your ship does not dock, meaning it cannot physically dock, that they will let you out of the refund your money or commitment or whatever it may be. That being said, in both cases, booking through Royal Caribbean or a third-party shore tour operator, the reality is that if it's bad weather but you still can dock, if you can physically dock there, they're going to expect you to be there and there's no refunds in that case. So if you're thinking to yourself, well, Third-party shore excursions kind of sound good to me. Where can I find them? By and large, the best place is the internet. There are tour books, which are nice places to start, but I really prefer to search online. There's a lot of great resources. Two of the best resources I found for finding shore excursions are two websites. First is Cruise Critic, and you may have heard of this already. Cruise Critic is a great message board community that's out there on the internet, and it's massive. And they have message boards for literally every port of call you can think of, and reviews, and tips, and advice, even places to post questions about shore excursions. So this is a good starting point. Start to see what people have been doing, what's popular, and then what I'd like to do is use another website called TripAdvisor. And TripAdvisor, which is at TripAdvisor.com, by the way, Cruise Critic was CruiseCritic.com. TripAdvisor.com allows you to maybe search the particular tours, beaches, destinations. It's a great place to figuring out, okay, now that I know what people on Cruise Critic were saying were popular, let me see what other people all over the internet thought about that. The other advantage of TripAdvisor is they usually have user-submitted photos, so this can get you even a more hands-on, first-person look at, okay, is this beach really as beautiful as everybody's saying, or you know, is beauty in the eye of the beholder? Lastly, and maybe in conjunction with everything, you might want to Google the port you're in plus the word tours or excursions. So, for example, maybe St. Thomas Tours or St. Thomas Excursions. 
In either case, regardless of where you're looking, Cruise Critic, TripAdvisor, or just a Google search, look for recent reviews. Now, being that right now it's 2013, you probably shouldn't put too much stock in any reviews that are older than, say, 2010. It's not that you can throw them out completely and they're, not, they're worthless, but I wouldn't necessarily trust a review from, say, 2006 or 8 or 9 as much as something that's been posted in the last two, three years or so. So just keep that in mind. So what should you book? Well, and this is the question that I get a lot is, you know, should I book it through Old Caribbean? Should I book it on my own? Honestly, there's no wrong answer. You can do both. There's neither is is wrong. They're both good options. I think it really comes down to your comfort level and your budget. Really, you know, if, if you want to have convenience and you're willing to pay a little more for it, the Royal Caribbean is the way to go. No question about it. It's easy. It's simple. It's, it's just there. However, booking on your own gives you a lot of more options, I feel, and it's great for the budget. Again, saving money is really what it comes down to for a lot of people. And if you can save, you know, $20 here, $20 here, $50 here, it can make a difference for you. So perhaps you need to kind of weigh them on your own and see which is easier. Royal Caribbean is simple and reliable. There's no question about that. But booking on your own will likely save you money and offer you far more options. Personally speaking, I tend to book my excursions on my own for flexibility and price. I like to have control over where I'm going. Perhaps there's a particular all-inclusive resort I'm interested in going to. Perhaps there's a particular cultural icon I want to see. And by and large, I'm not interested in maybe some of the other tourist traps that tend to be around some of these other tours that are available. And again, it depends on the island. I've done plenty of times where I've booked with through Royal Caribbean. In fact, on their private island, you have no choice but to book through Royal Caribbean because there are no independent tour operators there. But it really depends on what you and your group are interested in doing. Also, the larger the group I find, if you're going with like, say, four, five, six, more people, booking independently can also save you a lot of money, especially on just costs. Lastly, we've talked a lot about third-party excursions, you know, like finding tour operators for a particular port you're going to. You know, just doing it on your own, finding a driver to bring you to a particular place, usually like a beach or something like that. That's, I mean, that's included when we're talking about independent excursions. And that can be, again, a great way for you to do it on your own and have a little more control over it. But again, if you are booking on your own, it's very, very important to be cognizant of your time and make sure you know how much time you have to get back to the ship and make sure you are definitely there well in advance. Like I said earlier, I give myself at least two hours. And to be honest with you, I'm probably leaning towards three or even more hours before the ship is scheduled to be back just in case. In many cases also, don't forget, these ports where your ship is docking, they have a little shopping area right near the port, which again, is a tourist trap admittedly. However, you know, if you get back way early, you know, three hours in advance, and obviously you have plenty of time, you know, you can get a little more time maybe near your port, near the ship to get back see everything you want to see, do everything you want to do, get last-minute shopping in there with the idea that you can run back to the ship and make it with no problems at all. So hopefully this will give you some insight into whether you should book through Royal Caribbean or on your own. In fact, it's probably best to consider both of them no matter where you're going, which port it is, what excursions there are. It's always just a good idea just to look at what's available, and you never know. You can always change your mind, especially, again, you can book on the ship, and even if you get to the port itself, and you just want to do it on your own and see what's available on there, that's not a bad option too. From episode one, I wanted this podcast to be about our listeners and you who are part of RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. And I asked actually on the RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com message boards, what was your favorite excursion you ever took? And was it through Royal Caribbean or a third party? And so Don wrote back, he and Cozumel took the Mayan runes at Tulum. And he, had, he said he was the best tour guide ever. And his second best excursion he ever took was the Zipline Icy Straight Point at Huna, Alaska. And in both cases, those were through Royal Caribbean. So thank you, Don, for that. Bryce wrote he took the Fury Catamaran and Beach Break at Cosmel, both through Royal Caribbean. 
Nothing wrong with a nice beach break there. I like that. Cruising Texan wrote, My favorite trip used to be a catamaran to St. John and St. Thomas on our very first cruise in 1993 on Dolphin Cruise Lines. But aboard Mariner this season in 2009, we took a sailing in Puerto Vallarta that included lunch, snorkeling, and dolphin watching. It was wonderful. Lunch was fresh guacamole and a delicious selection of sandwiches and other goodies. Snorkeling was right off the sailboat and beautiful sights, and the dolphins were active and giving us an amazing show. Then we lay down on our towels on the deck and took naps, relaxing and fun. Wow, that sounds pretty cool as well. Hallie Hooper wrote, Went on my first zipline tour in Mexico in 2009 on Vision of the Seas and loved it. This time, I liked the kayak, hike, and snorkel tour in St. Thomas on Freedom of the Seas. The guides were fabulous, and those sounded like they were through Royal Caribbean as well. So it's great options to choose from. You just need to figure out what sounds good to you and go for it. Now, if you're wondering what my favorite excursions were, well, I've actually got two of them. I'll cheat and give you two. First is in Cozumel. My favorite restaurant of all time that I've ever eaten anywhere on any island was Comidas Casares Tonita, which is in Cozumel. I had to, I was doing a Google search, just happened to run across a couple of reviews. I was looking for authentic Mexican food. This place came up, and I've tried some of the other places like Pancho's Backyard, which was good, felt a little touristy. Uh, I tried a couple other ones, and they again, all good. This was by far the best. Authentic, really great tasting food. Loved it. The other place was in Costa Maya in Mexico. And if you're seeing a trend here, I do love me some Mexico ports. I love Maya Chan Beach. This is actually a little beach resort run by American expats who set up this beautiful, all-inclusive resort right on the beach. It's really close. You had to take a little bit of a shore ride from uh, with a taxi. But it was great. Beautiful, well taken care of. Great service. One of the best experiences I've ever had on shore. So I love both those experiences. Let's dive into some of your listener feedback because I love getting them and reading them on the show. First up is Mike Eads. Writes, love the podcast. My wife, Christy, and I took our first cruise last February. We chose Royal Caribbean because it seemed to provide the best bang for the buck. We looked at Holland America, but after consulting with a travel agent, we determined that the Holland crowd might be a bit out of our age demographic. We stayed away from Carnival due to the uncontrolled party reputation and repeated incidents in the news. Our cruise was out of Port Everglades on alert of the season. All I can say is, Wow! Royal Caribbean always talks about the wow factor of their trips, and trust me, they got it in spades with this ship. The design is amazing, and there are just so many things to do. I asked a crew member what the best thing they could do on the ship was in their opinion. They replied, book back-to-back cruises. Very good advice if money and time are no object. I agree. Our favorite shore excursion was the catamaran to a small island off the coast of St. Thomas and went snorkeling with sea turtles. Just an awesome time. Our favorite thing to do on the ship was to have a couple of cocktails at the Rising Tide Bar after dinner and go to the fantastic shows. Chicago was playing at the time. We have been to the shows in London and elsewhere in the past. The performance on the ship easily measures up. Keep up the great podcasting. It helps us keep motivated for the next adventure with the Royal Caribbean. Maybe it'll be on the new Oasis class when she arrives. Hopefully, she'll come to Port Canaveral so she is close by. It's a great review, Mike, and I love everything you said over there. The Rising Tide Bar, by the way, on the Oasis class ships is amazing. It's, it's so cool. I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe I'm a sucker for, for, for just uh, cheap effects, but I just like the idea of drinking at a bar and slowly going between decks. It's just, it's fun. How can you not like that? Thanks, Mike. And before we go, we have an email from Christopher Percy. My wife and I have been on Liberty, so we're familiar with that class of ship and enjoyed our cruise immensely. We still hold the Radiance class in high esteem since our cruise to Alaska on the Radiance. However, the Freedom class is a close second. Look forward to the next podcast. Thanks, Christopher. You know, I've heard a lot of great things about the Radiance class ships, and I'm actually going to be exploring uh, one of the Radiance class ships, in fact, later this month. 
jewel of the season. We're going to have a whole preview about that coming up uh, next week, in fact. So stay tuned for that. And really quickly, I want to give a shout out to some of our Twitter followers who have been big fans of the podcast. Jessica Awatona, who's Jess Cutler on Twitter. Chris Folks, who's Chris Texas on Twitter. And Paul Westbrook, who's Westbrook Paul on Twitter. Thank you guys for all the great feedback. I appreciate all your tweets. And of course, I want you to be a part of this podcast, just like Christopher and Mike were. And I want you to, you know, send me your thoughts. I love hearing about it, whether it's good, bad, indifferent. There's a lot of things going on in Royal Caribbean these days. So I love to hear what's on your mind. So you can share it with us via Twitter. We're at the RCL blog there. Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash Royal Caribbean blog. You can email us, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Or, that's right, there's still one more option. Call the Royal Caribbean blog voicemail by calling 408-6-ROYAL-6. That's 408-676-9256. And if it's good enough, we'll play it on the show. So until next time, I'm Matt Hodgeberg, and we'll talk again soon.